Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 90, coming at you from the Ming and True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host producer Eric Fisher, the Big E. Joining me in studio today, we've got Sean Klosterman. Sean, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Fantastic. And also Secretary Shauna joining us. Secretary Shauna, how are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Jam-packed show, as always. Plenty to talk about, including a coach firing that we kind of called last week. We Woo! did. Specifically we did. Justin. Yep. So props to him. He's not here tonight. He's got dad duty. Ramsey's got a double at work. So it's just the three of us and mostly me and Sean, because Sean's fiance, who is not on the mic, Carolyn is here as well to have a girls' night with Shauna. Carolyn, say hi to the people. Hey, everybody. So that's Carolyn. So <laughs> they'll be leaving us soon, but we have some stuff to cover with them before they leave. Uh, with that in mind, got to talk about our partners. First of all, Monkey Knife Fight. It has been difficult following along with them. The touchdown dance has not been coming through for me the last couple weeks because the offense hasn't been clicking that much. So that's been a little tough, but play along with the contest. You can go ahead and try to win those games and put some money in your pocket. Eventually, things are going to go right, you'd think, right? You'd hope so. So play along with them. And also, raise energy, repsports.com, code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number four, code ROOT4, 15% off any order for raise energy. Big announcement coming for them tomorrow, or as you're listening to this, hopefully today, with the release of... An announcement with Corey LaJoy. They're having a new flavor coming out oh, nice. with the Ray's Energy race car. To, so just, That's what the um, announcement's going to be is a new, new flavor? That is correct. So pay attention to their social media for the Ray's Energy Route 4, or, or the Ray's Energy Co-Route 4, and the announcement of the new flavor coming out. With that in mind, we got some plenty of business to talk about, and that is what we are rooting for. That is brought to you by Fanatics, over 300-plus powered stores, and including College Football Frenzy. And show your love for your team, like I did, and Shauna this weekend. Show your love for the Badgers with the new head coach, and we'll get to that later. And Shauna, I'll let you start off. What did you root for this last week? I rooted for getting engaged. Woo! <laughs> Uh, Eric and I got engaged this weekend, if you haven't seen, uh, and we did it at a sporting event. Before sporting event. Before the sporting event. But how more on brand than that? Um, everything was perfect, beautiful. It was. It was fantastic. And then the Badgers got their ass kicked. Yeah, but the day was still fun. <laughs> <laughs> lots of beer was drank. Yeah, lots of beer, uh, vodka gummy bears. It was a great day. It was a good vodka day. Vodka gummy bears. Yeah, you yeah. soak gummy bears in vodka, and then you eat them. Mm. It's the one form. They're very good of vodka that I can intake. Yeah, he did it, and then he's like, "Oh, they're getting me. No, I can't." Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily I didn't have to drink. Oh, that's right. You don't like Bloody Marys. You're yeah. on Wisconsin if you don't like Bloody Marys. Yeah. I I'll take that, but it is what it is. Yeah. But so that's Shauna's root for. That was also gonna be my root for. You're my best friend. Marry me? <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, do you know how much stress it was? I know. I'm not making fun of you. It was it was it was perfect. It was. I wouldn't want it any other way. Pretty much. So that's my route for as well. Speech, it, speech. What was the speech? That Sean. It literally it. was <laughs> You're my best friend. Will you marry me? <laughs> yeah, I can. That was it. I yeah. panicked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then he made me a nice little video of like all of you guys 
uh, congratulating us and and just being very happy for us. And he Aww. said he said some very nice things in there too. Yeah, because so it wasn't under the pressure. I got to like take multiple <laughs> takes. Yeah, so he did a very good job. But yeah, Eric was actually speechless for once. Yeah. I was so I stressed. Dude, honest to God, I didn't sleep at all last week. Because I wanted to do this right, and then I still messed it up. But It's okay. I didn't sleep at all last week. Saturday night, I slept so good. Sunday night, even better. I have slept like a baby since then. But yeah. I did not sleep at all last week. Yeah. It was the little giggle after for me. Well, and you're standing there. <laughs> Uh, uh. Well, because I got panicky, I didn't know, and then, and then you just like stayed down on your knee too, and it was like, okay. Oh, it's actually yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah. And Ramsey, credit to Ramsey. So Ramsey was my ring hider because we could not have had it here. So we had to hide the ring. So Ramsey put it in the safe. The amount of stress—that's the first thing Ramsey said—was the amount of stress that Ramsey had. Yeah. He was like. I was so stressed all week. Yeah, he was he was a bad and and then can we share it? Yeah, you can. Rams cried. Rams cried. Rams cried Ramsey for cried. us. He cried for us. He actually the hay actually the hay fever, Tom and and Rams, you know, my mm -hmm. dad, they were both sitting back there crying, but hay fever was in the air. Yeah. It's allergy season, you know. I think the best part of the whole thing though so uh, after the initial shock, I show, start showing Sean this video. First thing she says, you asshole. Yeah, because you made me cry. <laughs> and props to me, by the way. I kind of figured I even grabbed her mascara before we left. Mm -hmm. I he was really looking out. I snuck it. And she didn't have to, she didn't have to reapply, but mm -hmm. I did bring it just in case. Yep. I didn't see if you would have told me like before you said the video, then I maybe would have cried harder. Because I was like also being very conscious, like, man, I got a whole day ahead of me yet. If I cry too hard, this is going to be bad. So, so, yeah, so that's my root for. And yeah. that's Shauna's root for. Sean, what was your root for? Good luck topping that. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> um, 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 um. Can we go gambler's hockey? Yeah. Because that was fun Friday night when we went with Mark, Mark and Hannah and fiance Carolyn. Woohoo. Had, had a lot of fun. Did you enjoy the cheap beer? I enjoyed two cheap beers. Was it Bud Light Night? Yeah. Oh. $2 Bud Night. Also, shout out, shout out Josh and Megan who were there yep. and got to do the Hungry Hungry Hippo game. It was very, very fun to watch. They did came they in win? second. Yep, they came in second. What did they do? What, like, what was the game? So they had a, a creeper, like for mechanics. Okay. And one person laid on that. The rolly board? Yeah. Called the creeper. I, I know. I'm just for our audience who maybe not mechanically inclined. I even knew that. Well, again, I knew that, but I'm saying the rolly board for the Jodies out there. So shout out, I mom. Th I think Jody knows what a creeper is. Well, yeah, just in case. Anyway, Sean, go ahead. They have their rolly board. <laughs> and um, Megan <laughs> Megan was on the creeper, and Josh was holding her legs, and they had tennis balls in the middle of the ice rink, and going back and forth. To, they had a, I think, a milk crate, right? No, like a tote. Like a big plastic yeah, tote. Yeah, big plastic okay. tote. That they grabbed all the tennis balls and brought them back to their area and put them in a thing and they counted. It was all interesting. Right. All right. That was one of the newer games that I've seen when we've gone there. That sounds fun. So props hmm. to them getting second place out of four, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, great roof the, wars. The guys who won had really cool names, so I don't remember what they were. 
you had to come up with like a team name or was it just cool names like they had like it was like they just had cool names yeah it was like wolfsbane and oh, um something else Starfire? yeah starfire and wolfsbane that's exactly what it was nice all right so that's the positives but with the positives come the negatives and that's our Tyler here at Nugget of the Week. Shauna, you want to go first on this one, too? Yeah, Paul Christ. He sucks. See you <laughs> later. Bye. Great The breakdown. game sucked. Oh, my God. The game blew so bad. There were so many people that left. Um, why are we running the ball four freaking times? Down, down 11, 11, points, 11 points. Down whatever. Stupid. Paul Christ, see you later. You did good. Your uh, time with the Badgers was expiring and now you're done goodbye all right well said thanks sean your nugget of the week you know what i'm gonna go you oh because you sent me that you hated tyler hero even more than you already did i do all because he signed a big money contract and he put out a tweet with the gif of bugs bunny counting money yeah it's a douche and i know i know you with all my heart you <laughs> would do the exact same thing not have picked a better gif you would have picked the johnny <laughs> manzel with the money with the money that's symbol. one of them that was kind of crossing my mind <laughs> um the other one is like the college like the, the fake video game where he's just like doing snow angels in the money or it would have been scrooge mcduck diving into the, the coins but just because tower here he's a douche we know he's a douche so you're saying you would have did that? You would have, but just picked a better gift. Exactly. So well, you're no better than Tyler Hero. No, exactly. Because the other oh. thing with this, look at who. We, look at the who other got part of now. this. Are you rethinking this? The other part <laughs> is, is this stupid emoji he put. He put like the blowing his nose emoji, like the one with the little tissue or whatever. And that's like he didn't tweet the contract extension. He just said that gift and that stupid emoji. And he's a douche the way it is. So he did, he's my nugget of the week. Oh, Tyler Hero, living up to the namesake. And also another one that we talk about very frequently on this uh, this program, but we haven't talked about in a while. I'm going to go Kevin King as well. Ooh. So Kevin King, you know, if you're listening, you probably don't listen. First of all, I'm going to acknowledge that because we don't like you here. And for good reason. You are not a good football player. You're unemployed right now. Can we make the... Badgers, the dumpster fire of the year? We may. They're they're in the running. Why are they going to be the dumpster fire? They're trying to better their dumpster fire. They're trying to extinguish it by firing Paul Christ. Yeah, but up to this point, they've been a pretty big dumpster fire. Right, but they're extinguishing it. They've called the police, at least. <laughs> they've the they're on the phone with the fire department. That's true. <laughs> like, typical Wisconsin fashion would have been just to let it burn. Mm -hmm. Very true. And instead, they're like, all right, get the fire extinguisher. We're going to try to put this out, and we're going to call the police for some reason instead of the fire department. But Well, like 911. <laughs> They've called 911. They're on the phone with dispatch. They're, They're saying, hey. They got, it on, they got it on speed dial right now. We got a problem, and the fire department's on their way, a.k.a. what's the new coach's name? Jim Leonard. Yeah, Jim Leonard, the new fire department. He's on the way. So So we'll see. Yeah, that's but so Kevin King, as, as we were getting at. So... Again, like I said, this man is unemployed, allegedly by his own design. Like, he's like, I want to take the year off and get healthy. I don't buy it. He's like, oh, I had multiple contracts. Right. Bullshit. Bullshit. But also, even if he did, first of all, the fact that he's taking the year off, if you did have contract offers, because then you're 
just getting another year older. Even if you're not healthy, you're getting another year older and you're getting a year out of football. People are going to stop calling one day and you're going to be screwed. The second part of this, though, is this man has very clearly a lot of free time where all he does is tweet about the Packers and like the, in their games. And he tweets the weirdest shit. And the the one that stuck out to me the most wasn't actually from this week. It was last week when Jair got hurt mm-hmm. um, in week three. And he's like, oh, man, those soft tissue injuries. Those are the worst. Got to get healthy. That's like, yeah, the king of soft tissue injuries and not playing in games and returning to the game is tweeting about this. The the irony cannot be lost. Uh, so Kevin King and Paul Crest and uh, I'm going to give one to Tyson, too. So Tyson who? You holla holla. Ugh. Our loyal listener. Yeah. Which, by the way, great. You know, thanks for listening, Tyson. This I'm sure is, you're a very great person, but I don't like it in fantasy person. football. You are a great person. <laughs> but Tyson coming after me saying the jinx is real on Saturday when we're at the Badger game after Justin officially declared the jinx dead on Friday Night Football at the Gillette game. Didn't he? I mean, granted, he didn't know about the engagement yet, but he says the jinx is real. And then he loses to me in the Root for Wisconsin Fantasy Football League. My first win on the year came down to Monday Night Football and the 49ers defense, 22 points. I am so happy. And then having to eat that crow saying the jinx is real and then losing in fantasy football on Monday Night Football with like a minute 30 left. I just, life is good. All the way around. So just it a took bit you until week four to get your first win. So I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be riding that high horse. I'm going to ride buddy. that high horse all I want because I am right in the thick of things at one and three because our division is really tough. Yeah. Their divisions compared to ours is horrible. So I'm oh, right really? in the thick of things. I'm going to take that win. Oh, no. You're in. Are you She's in the other one. Our division's tough. I think you're in mine. Yeah. I mean, Justin. So the division's tough. It's tight. So getting that one, yeah. that big first win when Sean is like, oh, I don't need help in mine. <laughs> I don't. I've made all of my moves on my own. That's not what I was referring to. Anyway. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so Noogies of the Week done. And with that, we're going to go into our pick segment as we actually have everybody's picks in. Dun, 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 dun. Picks. So, I don't know. Great theme music. <laughs> 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 all right. So let's hit it. I got to kind of, I'm going to be flipping back and forth here. Why don't you just let me take a picture of what Ramsey told you and then I can. Cause he didn't, he did, he did screenshots. Rams. So we'll be kind of flipping through here. So um, I'll go through Ramsey's screenshots. We're going to the football. We're going to do our NFL picks whole slate. We've got two college games. We're going to do 18 nice, games, 18 games so far on the season. Ramsey is in the lead at 21 and 20. Sean is in second place, 21 or 21 and 21. Hell yeah. Uh, Justin in third place, 23 and 25. Sean's fourth, 1925 or 1924. And I'm bringing up the rear at 1627, but we're making progress. So can I just ask to you boys, how does it feel to uh, be losing to a girl that picks her favorite color team jerseys every week? That's the way this year has gone. It's been a really effed up year. It's the same thing with March Madness. Just saying. Just um, saying. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, honey. It's a big... I am good. I'm clearly better than the two of you. It's debatable, but... It's not really saying much. That's true, it's too. True. 
Anyway, <laughs> so all right, we'll get into it. Thursday night football. We've got the Colts traveling to, or excuse, yes, the Colts traveling to Denver for some Thursday night football. Denver is a three-point favorite. Ramsey is going with the Broncos. Justin is going with the Broncos. I think because Jonathan Taylor is iffy. So as of this recording, he's got that high ankle sprain. I think he's going to probably be out. So I'm also going to go Broncos. Sean? I'll go Colts. Okay. And Shauna? Denver. All right. Getting into Sunday action, we've got London game and our own game. So usually we do this in the show, but for the sake of time and for Shauna's sake, we're going to get right into it. Packers, Giants, Green Bay opens up at an eight-point spread favorite <sighs> against the Giants in London. I'll go Justin first. Justin is going with the Packers. Ramsey is also going Packers. I'm going to take the Giants to cover. Think so. Saquon's been really uh, good this year. They run defense is not. Give me the Giants to cover. I think the Packers win, you know, outright. But to cover that eight, that's a big spread again. And I'm not. Because it was 10 this last week. Right? right. So 10's a big, or eight's a big spread. I think the Packers win, but just not covering the eight. I'm going to go Packers. I think they, I think they, they finally wake up on offense this week. I'm hoping. See, now you really got me confused. Eric and I went to sushi last night, and he tried to explain to me this whole business about this, the spread. I don't get it, but eight's a lot. So for this, we thing. don't need to. We don't need to go through this again. This <laughs> okay. was an hour of our dinner conversation. It wasn't an hour. We don't need to go through this again. Uh, we weren't even there for an hour. The Packers eight's win by eight or, or less. Eight's a lot. Um, we're going to say Packers. Okay. All right. Getting into the noon slate. The first noon game on the schedule is Steelers-Bills. Buffalo's a 14-point favorite in that one. Hell yeah, they are. Ramsey has the Steelers covering. What, what favorite? Or the Buffalo's the favorite. Right, by what? 14. Oh, yeah. So Ramsey's taking the the Steelers to cover. Justin's taking the Steelers to cover. Bills. Yeah, I'm also thinking I'm going to go I'm, Bills. I think with Bills Kenny Pickett gonna, starting, he's going to throw a few interceptions. I'm going Bills too. Obviously, I'm part of the Bills mafia. All right, <laughs> love that. Breaking the the podcast table if they win. She's got to get a Josh Allen jersey. That's on the docket. It's on the docket? It is. If he keeps winning for me like he is right now, it's on the docket. Fanatics. 300 plus powered stores. 300 plus powered stores. They got the Bills Mafia shirts. All right. This might be one of the harder games of the weekend. This is Chargers in Cleveland. The Chargers are opening as a three-point favorite. Ramsey's going Chargers, it looks like. I'm guessing because he's got them. Yeah, he's going to go Chargers. Justin is going Chargers. This is tough because after this last game, where the charger or the Browns kind of looked pedestrian, they didn't they run the ball. They looked horrible. 
They didn't run the ball. Nick Chubb was not great by his standard. Mm-hmm. The Chargers seem to maybe have figured out what they're going to do on the season, and Jacoby Brissett's coming da- back down to earth. Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers cover this one. I I agree with you. I think Chargers are gonna Chargers are gonna win this one. Austin Eckler finally had a big breakout game again, and I think he's gonna keep up that momentum. I'm going Chargers too. It's a clean sweep. It is. So if you're out there betting, yeah, take, fade the root yeah. for Wisconsin show. Go with the Browns. Yeah, go with the Browns. <laughs> or don't. Or don't. Maybe we're all right. The Chargers it, are way better. Yeah, it's that been does... that kind of year, though. It's in Cleveland, that dog pound. That's true. Going nuts. The dog pound, but they got a little brown fairy in the middle. I, that's still confusing to me. I don't <laughs> think it makes any sense to anybody. No. It's Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Game. Our next knit game, I should say. NFC North rivals. Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are a seven-point favorite. Uh, Rams is going Vikings. Justin is going Bears to cover. I'm going Vikings. Okay, that was a lot of information because... Vikings, seven-point favorite. Okay, thanks. Ramsey going Vikings. Justin Bears. Eric Vikings. Okay. Sean Vikings. Okay. See, it took me forever. I'm going to pick the Vikings, too, but it took me forever to uh, write it because I was being shady to the Vikings, and I wrote Vikings, and so it took me a little longer to write. <laughs> All right. A little anecdote for you. Next. Ooh, this one got cut off. So I got to figure out who it is and who... Seahawks and Saints. I don't think Ramsey has a pick on this one because unless he moved it... Um, so Seahawks at the Saints. The Saints are a five and a half point favorite. See these halves are where you lose me. So if they win by, they have to win by six. Yeah, they got to win by six. I'm going Seahawks. So I think they got a breakout game this week or this last week too. Forty-eight points against Detroit. Yeah. Uh, Ramsey's going Saints. Saints, that's tough. I'm going Saints. I think I'm going to go Seahawks. Justin? Uh, Justin went with the Seahawks as well. All right. Next game, Dolphins at the Jets. Miami's a three-point favorite. No Tua. No tool. We know that he's been For ruled sure. out. For sure. Correct. Um, so he's been ruled out already. That was reported on Monday Night Football last night by Douchebag Schefter, um, among others. Um, but the Dolphins still a three-point favorite. Teddy Bridgewater helping the, the offense. Uh, Zach Wilson is back for the Jets. Played very well Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to go Jets. I'm going Jets. I'll, Ram- go Dol- I'll go Dolphins. Ramsey's also going Dolphins. And Justin's going Dolphins. Okay. All right. Next game, Buccaneer or the Falcons at the Buccaneers. This game does not have a spread from when I looked earlier. So let me just take a look to see if they've updated that. Still going to go Bucks. Uh, Tampa Bay, eight and a half. Oof. Oof. 
Oof. That's yeah, lot. still Bucks. Bucks to cover that. Yeah, especially with Cordell Patterson injury. I'm going to go with the Bucks. Um, and Ramsey is also going Buccaneers. Shocker. Yeah, right. Uh, Justin also going Buccaneers. Same. That's another clean sweep. Clean sweep. To cut that eight and a half is where it's, it's tough. Like the Buccaneers, by all accounts, should win this game, but that eight and a half's a lot. All right, next game: Titans at Commanders. Tennessee's a two and a half point favorite. That's it. Yeah, I know. Uh, Ramsey's going Titans. I'm gonna follow that. I'm gonna Titans as well. Titans. I'm going Titans too. Justin's going the Commanders. Oh. I don't know what Justin. If you look at like the records, Justin's picked Commanders almost like every week. Yeah, and I just don't. That's almost like an automatic L for him every week. He's got a belief in Carson Wentz. Why? Exactly. <laughs> All right, next game: Texans at Jaguars. The Jags are a seven-point favorite. What's up with these spreads this week? <sighs> that's tough. Rams is going Jags. Uh, Justin's going Texans. I'll go. I'll go Texans. I'm going Jags. I'm also going Jags. I've, I have been on the side of wanting to believe in Titans because or the Texans because they'll play a team's tough. But if, if Jacksonville can get off to that hot start like they did against Philly, play like the first half against Philly, then they did the second half against Philly, that should be a pretty big win for them. All right, next game: 49ers at Panthers. Uh, the 49ers open up as a five-point favorite on the road. And I'm going to go with the 49ers. Rams is going 49ers. 49ers. Justin's also got the 49ers. Same. Another clean sweep. Holy cow. I don't think we had one the whole the whole time before this. Before this week. I don't week. think so either, no. We got three this week. All right. Well, I'm assuming this is probably going to be America's Game of the Week. Cowboys at the Rams. The Rams are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Unknown who the starting quarterback for the uh, Cowboys is going to be. Dak is aiming for his comeback to be this week. It, it's Four looking like half. he's not not going to play. Five-and-a-half. Because I, I heard today that he can't – or he's still having trouble gripping the football. I don't think it matters, though, because, like, they are – him and Cooper Rush are so identical. I mean, yes, Dak had a – you know, he's been good in the NFL to this point, but he hasn't been great. Oh. Exactly. I mean, he's a late round. He's still. You gotta remember, he's still a late round draft pick guy. He was fourth. Fourth round pick, who wasn't going to start if Tony Tony Romo doesn't break everything in his back, basically. And even then, like it was still like, do they bring somebody in? He, you know, if it wasn't for the offensive line in the run game he initially had, I don't think he would have been successful at all. And no, I think Cooper Rush is actually looking better than we would have seen Dak looking this year. Um, not saying that Cooper Rush is better, just. I think it doesn't matter. And I think they've got a crappy coach. So um, Ramsey picks the Rams to cover. Justin has the Rams as well. I'm going Rams. I think I'm going to go Rams as well. Uh-oh, Sean. I'm going Cowboys. Oh. Got Can't bet against Cooper Rush. He's 4-0. and all. That's true. That's, he can't be 4-0. Eagles are the only undefeated team. So he's 3-0. Did, did, what? They only played four weeks. Yeah, but the Eagles are the only undefeated team. So he's 3-0 and because he didn't start week one, did he? 
Yeah, but he's four and zero as a career. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. He played. He played one game last year. Okay, I got you. I got you. Something like that. All right, next game, Eagles at Cardinals. The card or the Eagles, excuse me. Eagles are a five and a half point favorite. Only undefeated team in the NFL. Ramsey believes that ends this week, or at least at the Cardinals cover. He's got the Cardinals to cover the five and a half. Justin has the cards covering as well. I think the Eagles get it done this week. I, I've been against them all season. I don't think they're that good. Um, but I think that the Cardinals aren't that good either. No, and they're very. They get off to very slow starts which the Eagles have been a second-half team all year. So if they do even get off to that slow start, I don't think it matters. And I think that actually buries them more than anything. So give me the Eagles to cover this week. I'm going Eagles. I'm going Eagles also. All right. Next game should take us to third or to Sunday Night Football. And that is the Bengals at Ravens. Sunday Night Football. The Ravens are a three and a half point favorite in that one. Uh, Ramsey's going with the Bengals to cover. Justin currently has the Bengals as well. This is, I think I'm going Ravens in this one. I think at home, Sunday Night Football. I don't know if, I mean, we've seen the Bengals kind of look a little bit better and they've got a little bit of a buy, you know, mini buy this week, but it, that's just a tough place to play. So I'm going to go with the Ravens covering. Oh, I get, I'll go. Um, I'll go Ravens. I think Lamar is going to, Lamar has been very good this year and I think he's going to keep, keep his hot streak going. Played, played the bills very hard this on Sunday. So I'm going Joey B Bengals. All right. Then, I believe in Joey B. Then Monday Night Football, an AFC West matchup, Raiders at Chiefs, and Rams. I have to find the spread, but Rams is going Chiefs. It, the graphic he sent didn't have the spread. Uh, Chiefs is a seven-point favorite by the one that I sent him. Rams is taking the Chiefs. Justin is going... He said Bengals twice, so I'm assuming he's not picking the Chiefs. Um, he didn't pick that game. Uh, should we pick for him? I think, should we give him the Raiders <laughs> or the Chiefs? <laughs> I don't know if that's fair or not, but what should we do? We'll just text him and yeah, then we'll get him later. Him, we'll figure it out later. We'll hit him later. All right. I would go Chiefs. I'm also taking the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs as well. And, and then we'll get Justin's. We'll get later. Justin's whenever we get it. And then two college games. As always, we've been going with the Wisconsin games. Uh, the Badgers go into Saturday with new head coach Jim Leonard, a 10-point favorite against the 1-4 Northwestern Wildcats. That game is in uh, Illinois with Northwestern plays. I believe, I can't remember the name. It's Evans. No, it's not Evansville, but... Suburb of Chicago, so we're going to say Chicago for all intents and purposes. Uh, Badgers, like I said, 10-point favorite. Justin's taking Wisconsin. Ramsey's taking Northwestern to cover the 10. Sean, where are you at? Wisconsin, I think. I think Jim Leonard comes out, and I think they they get their head out of their ass. I think I'm also going to Wisconsin here. This is a kind of a tough one. 
Um, but I think, you know, historically speaking, coach or teams coming off of a coach getting fired, they either respond by totally laying an egg and sucking, which I don't think this Wisconsin team is do, capable of doing against Northwestern, uh, or they come out and light the world on fire. I think that's what's going to happen. So give me Wisconsin to cover that 10. Yeah, I'm going with Wisconsin too. All right. And then last game of the week, and that is our other college gamers stay in the Big Ten. This is Michigan at number four, Michigan, 5-0 and in the year, uh, traveling to Indiana to play the Hoosiers. The Wolverines of Michigan are a 22-point favorite. That's, oh. why, yeah. that's why I always Mich- pick these. Michigan's going to cover that. Michigan. Uh, Justin has Michigan covering. I think I'm going to go Michigan covering as well. Same. And I believe Ramsey did too, but let me just double. He has Indiana to cover the 22. That's a big spread though. I mean, when you have these big games like that, that's almost an automatic to kind of fade that heavy of a favorite. But that is this week's picks. Shauna, thanks for joining us on the episode. You got it. Woo. Thanks for having me. All right. Shauna is out. So now Sean and I are taking over. So now it's some Highway 22 crew podcasting on the Rupert Wisconsin show. Next segment, as always, we got to get to our weird Wisconsin web story. And this one, we're going to start with a story that didn't happen in Wisconsin. But we found a way to tie it to Wisconsin, a very heavy Wisconsin culture, this part of the story. Um, so we'll go from or with it from there. And I'm going to ask you, Sean, do you see the scandal in the fishing world? I, over the weekend. I did see parts of it. I did not see everything, but I did see parts of it. So over the weekend, there was a fishing tournament in Lake Erie in Ohio. And videos of the incident have gone viral. Um, long story short, a team of competitive fishers were looking to get an advantage in a fishing tournament. And... They reportedly had won their weigh-in, because it's based on weigh-in, um, is that they had won. But these other guys noticed, hey, our fish are bigger. And after that discovery was made, the fish were cut open, and it was found that these two uh, competitive fishermen were stuffing the fish with fillets, lead weights, and other debris to increase the weight of their smaller fish to win these tournaments. Um unknown how many times they've done this yeah because apparently they have been doing very well this year so not saying that they have done this more often but it's very well plausible right um so the the wisconsin spin obviously is wisconsin very known for fishing Mm -hmm. um especially in you know especially here in green bay on the bay and uh to the south with lake michigan and also just various lakes around the state it was walleye tournaments wasn't it i believe so um Yes. So, all in all, I mean, so, you know, we're kind of at a point here of, you know, trying to make sure this doesn't happen. And, and again, affects such a huge part of the Wisconsin tourist industry where you talk about Lake Michigan, you talk about the Bay, you talk about, you know, Shawano Lake always has a big contest. And a lot of lakes do. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the reality situation here in Wisconsin. So, the story coming out of Green Bay uh, from WBAY.com, written by Jason Zimmerman. Two anglers bust for cheating during a fishing tournament late last week on Lake Erie in Ohio. Video of the incident has gone viral, and Green Bay Fishing Guide is hoping it will raise awareness. 
uh, quote, I'm invested in it just because I like the walleye fishing industry, and this puts this in a way puts a black eye on tournament fishing series. At the same time, it draws attention to fishing tournaments too, which will hopefully improve Tony Krause, a guide for walleye mafia in Green Bay, nope. said. Video circulating on social media shows the winning moment where the five fish caught weighed in at more than 33 pounds. The problem is the tournament organizer felt the fish looked smaller than what they weighed at. The fish were checked for any signs of cheating, and when tournament officials cut into the fish, they found lead weights, fish fillets, and, and other debris inside the fish. Uh, the guide we spoke to from Walleye Mafia shared the video and never expected such an uproar. Quote, it's such a, it spread worldwide. I've seen comments as far away as New Zealand saying it was on the news in New Zealand, saying this was kind of a message, I guess, for people who do cheat, would cheat. If you get caught, it could be worldwide. Your career is going to be shot. Uh, end quote. We're told that tens of thousands of dollars in prizes were up for grabs in this tournament. Uh, the invest the incident is being investigated by the Ohio Department of Natural Resources and sister station WBAY, uh, WOIO, reports a prosecutor is looking into the findings potentially for uh, prosecution. So that's the end of the story. But again, you know, just kind of like I said, putting that Wisconsin spin on it, if something like that happens, I mean, like, like I said, that's such a huge potential black eye not just to the obviously the people who are doing it but you know it could really bastardize the industry of wisconsin fishing um you know even your fiance caroline at algoma big mm -hmm. area for fishing yep, very big where we're from gillett the you know even the smaller club at the finnegan lake derby mm -hmm. the shano lake derby you know you've got all these different contests out there i know my brother's fished in the green bay uh walleye league or not walleye league but Whatever it is. Yeah, the tournament. Uh, the tournament. So huge potential implications of stuff, you know, that like that happening um, to what it could mean to Wisconsin. And, you know, people aren't going to come here if they think people are going to cheat. And then also just, you know, the obvious damage it could do to fish. Um, people are out there shoving lead weights in them and stuff like that. Yeah, too, because so. I'm pretty sure at the end, end of these tournaments, they're all supposed to be released, right? I believe so, yeah. I be yeah. So, you know, obviously by putting things that aren't natural to them and you know i'm assuming a lead weight doesn't just dissolve in them no gosh no um so that could especially as big of the weights as what they were putting in right so all in all not a great look for the sport of fishing right now not their fault you know you had two shithead people doing shithead things but uh just something to kind of keep an eye on and again you know probably have increased focus on those uh types of contests going forward so that's our what's weird wisconsin story and, of course, I had to throw it in there because, yep. you know, Walleye Mafia is just a cool name. Yep. So, What's Weird Wisconsin, um, that's our story. And next we get into, Sean, why don't we talk a little bit of Brewers? Now, the season's done, basically, yep. officially. A um, couple games yet to be played. But, for all intents and uh, purposes, the Brewers were eliminated from the playoffs on Monday night. Um, even though they won... They were eliminated because the Phillies also won the team that they were kind of trying to chase down here. Uh, they have officially run out of games where they could potentially catch them, um, especially with the Phillies having the tiebreaker. Yep. So just kind of a weird year for the Brewers. I was tweeting about this last night, and a team that I think did not live up to expectations, I think that's a very fair statement. Very fair statement. But I don't know where to put the blame either. Because you can look at the roster, and well, when no one stood out per se, you had a lot of just weird, you know, years of 
very average play. Mm-hmm. You didn't have any like you know major slumps or anything like that. I mean, you saw at times hot resurgences from like Christian Yelich. You saw um, times where Colton Wong couldn't miss and was always on base, but you didn't have it consistent. So I think that's the biggest really breakdown is this it was a very inconsistent team. Uh, coupled with the fact of just, again, just one of those weird things where, you know, and you talk, you could talk about when you DFA Lorenzo Cain in June, mm-hmm. talking about the Josh Hader trade at the deadline that just throws off the clubhouse and really just a, an odd time to be kind of sitting here as a, as a baseball fan where you're, you know, as a Brewer fan, you're not really sure of what to make of this team. Uh, you know, you kind of sit here and hope that missing the playoffs for the first time since 2017 lights a fire under management saying, hey, we didn't do enough this year. Um, you know, the inconsistency, you're, you know, there was a piece or two away from contending and being, you know, that much better. So that was kind of my initial takes. Um there is work to be done this off season. You know, there's a lot of very good things. I don't think they technically will lose that much talent. Um, I believe, well, Burns and Woodruff are both under arbitration for two more years. Uh, Hunter Renfro's in his last year of arbitration, so we can bring him back. Um, I believe Colton Wong and Narvaez both have team options, so they could be back for another year if they choose to. Um, I believe Adamas is still under team control. Urias is still under team control. Um, Yelich is. Yelich is under control for basically forever. Um, just trying to think around with the starters. And, you know, you've got role guys like Jace Peterson. And and I think Luis, Luis Urias is your core third baseman at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see what they do if they do extend Colton Wong or if they let him walk because you do have Bryce Terang in the minor leagues yet you've got options there um you could put him at second you could put him potentially at third and move urias to second and see if that's an option um but just kind of like i said just it never felt like they you know you get off to the best 50 game start in franchise history albeit by a singular game but still you know you can't ignore that and then just really fell. And granted, injuries to the pitching staff were huge too. That's a huge factor. Cannot understate that enough. Um, but yeah, just it never felt like they got rolling. Uh, I feel like you mentioned the Josh Hader trade. I feel like that didn't. I don't think that hurt them at all. N- I really, I not really in the don't. sense of why they lost games, because I, you know, obviously a lot of the games that they did lose, they were, you know, it was a sixth, seventh inning mm-hmm. where they'd be up by two and have a big inning. So it wasn't like the direct result, but I think, and guys have been on the record, uh, Eric Lauer being the loudest um, of just what it did to the clubhouse. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It probably brought the morale down quite a bit. And really it, you didn't see that spark pick back up until Garrett Mitchell yeah came up and i'm not saying it's directly related to him coming up but there was something kind of around that time frame that kind of picked up and then you know i don't know if it was just the the urgency of the playoff chase or if he did bring something as a leader of some sort but you know we were after the josh hater train i know i think we've talked about this on on this podcast four short years ago the brewers won game away from the world series yep and at this point 
you only have I think four or five guys on this team on this team that were on that team. That being, I believe Woods, Burn or Burns, Woodruff, uh, Yelich, and Suter. Mm. Um, I th- that's four, right? Yeah. That that think. sounds right. Oh, and Peralta. Um, I think he was in. I think he came up that year. Which Peralta? Freddie Peralta. Oh, Freddie Peralta. Okay. So I think yeah, but at that point, Will Willie Peralta's he popped was gone. In, by yeah, 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 I know, but he popped into my head. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he was gone. Okay, but that's that's five guys if you're 26. And I might have even been four because I'm not even sure Freddie Peralta. I'm yeah. pretty sure because I'm pretty sure he pitched that game against Colorado that they clinched in. Um, and I know that he was on the team throughout the year. I just don't know if he was on the playoff roster. But that's five guys. And Brent Suter is what he is. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you really only got, you know, three pitchers and one position player. You're one position player in your everyday lineup that is from that same team that was a Game Boy from the World Series. Because you mentioned Garrett, Garrett Mitchell. What is – he's primarily outfield or yep, can he play first? I believe he's primarily – I believe he did get some work at first base this – Spring training, I'm not 100% on that, but I'm pretty sure that he did looking back. Um, Because Rowdy's still there, too. Rowdy's there, but I feel like Rowdy is kind of your guy. You're not going to play him against lefties. Right. More than likely. Not saying that Garrett Mitchell would play there, but I I don't think Keston Hira is going to be on this team next year. I feel like he's going to get traded this offseason for something. I don't know if it's going to be if you're going to go get a guy. I don't even know who to. If you're going to go get one of those third basemen that can that can be that big bat that right. we're missing. Because we, we didn't really have a guy that led the team in anything it was kind of a mix right and you know what the thing is and kind of looking at this and again just the reality of the situation this is a very you know very interesting offseason to see as to what they will do because you have yellow under team control for so long you have renfro with another year of arbitration you know that screams Milwaukee brewers mm-hmm. uh, at least for this season maybe being a potential candidate to move um next you know at the trade deadline if you're not in it or whatever it is at the time if he's playing decent again um but he's a candidate you could either re-sign or potentially look to trade away as you know a big piece of a trade yeah um i'd have to look into what keston here is arbitration status i'm pretty sure he's got under team control yet um but i'm curious on how many minor league options he has left as well so that's a guy like you said that could move um you look at the outfield. What do you do with Tyrone Taylor? Is he your everyday center fielder? Do you go to the Garrett Mitchell route and use Tyrone Taylor as a defensive guy? Let maybe Yelich be that DH and occasionally field player. Because defensively speaking, the Yelich met- defensive metrics aren't great. No, no, they're not. And, and I don't feel like Garrett Mitchell is a center fielder. You just, you we watched him the one night we were here and the, the angles he's taking... And his routes to get the balls that are over his head just aren't very good for a center fielder, in my opinion. Right. Being, I mean, I didn't, he played high school baseball, but I mean. <laughs> still it, counts. Still it, counts. It, it still counts. And <laughs> it's just, you, you watch that kind of stuff and 
you look at a guy like Lorenzo Cain and how he did it compared to not we can't even compare him, but just the difference well, that sure. Lorenzo Cain had in his fielding compared to Garrett Mitchell is amazing. You know, I'm curious on just what a full season in AmFam Field would do, though. Because, you you know, you think about one of the things that made Locaine so great is just his knowledge of where he was playing. Yeah. So I'm curious on if being a mid, you know, an end-of-season call-up, if, you know, maybe having that AmFam Field build and kind of getting used to it would be the key. Or if you maybe move him to one of the corners, then maybe center field becomes a huge... Because I don't think Tyrone Taylor's a center fielder either. I think he's got he's a corner outfielder by trade. He played center field out of necessity when you first traded. Uh, or when you first DFA Lorenzo Cain. Now, Jonathan Davis also got outrighted. Um, so I think you know he, he was kind of just more of a fill-in. But I, f- I feel like Tyrone Taylor is the best option on the roster at this time. At this time, I would agree. At this time. But again, that's kind of one of those like, okay, what do you do this offseason? Is that a position you address? And I'm trying to or, see. Or is that a guy you throw in a trade package for somebody to get a little bit better of a center fielder? Oh, absolutely. And that's that's where, you know, I really think that there isn't a whole lot of truly untouchables on this team. No. Um,. I mean, really, all the untouched, the quote-unquote untouchables, I think, are in the minor leagues. Yeah. And then Christian Yelich, because no one's going to want that contract. Exactly. But looking at... And I th- I think you could you could say Garrett Mil- Garrett Mitchell would be untouchable. E- even though, technically, he would still be in... He should still be in the minor leagues besides, you know, September call-ups, but... Well, I think Garrett Mitchell has proved enough where if they yes. do go that route... Yes. Um, so center fielders coming up as 2023... Free agent or twenty twenty two free agents. Mm-hmm. Uh Aaron Judge, who you're not gonna touch. No, that one's not even gonna be. Uh Brandon Nemo, Kevin Kiermeyer, but also has a club option, so that's iffy. Because he's still on the raise? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh Odrubal Herrera. No. Uh Lorenzo Kane. No. Kevin Pilar would be an interesting one to throw a a look mm, at. That one would be interesting, but I uh, I still don't feel Jake Marisnik. Delano DeShields, Travis Janikowski, Billy Hamilton's still playing, uh, Shogo Akaima, and Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah. A lot I, of familiar names in that right. list. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see them signing anybody. Right. Absolutely. Because, like, like you were saying before, too, I, I think they let Colton Wong walk. I don't, I don't like it if they do, but I think they do to get Urias at second. Or if they bring Bryce Terang up and let him play. Even even if he plays third, or if you keep Urias at third and let him play second. Sure. I mean, there there's so much that they can do. Now, yeah. what will they do? Who knows? Exactly. Um, just looking at the contracts right now. So they've got these are all gonna be free agents. Um Colton Wong has the club option. Oh, he doesn't. McCutcheon, Taylor Rogers, Omar Narvaez, which does not look like he's got any um, option. Trevor Rosenthal, Josh Lindblom, Jace Peterson, Luis Perdomo, Blaine Hardy, and Tyler Cravey are all free agents at the end of the season. I think that's correct. Yes. So that is the free agents going into this offseason. 
Um, looking at potential 2024 guys, because the Brewers are always looking a year or two ahead. Um, guys who would be free agents after 2024 would be Colton Wong, Brad Boxberger, Pedro Severino, Hunter Renfro, Brent Suter, Chris Lee, and Victor Caratini. So lots of, I mean, we'll see what the Brewers end up looking like next year come April. Um, I think this offseason potentially has, or it has the makings of a very fun offseason. As Urias uh, just homers as we're, as we're talking about them. Um, so uh, very fastball, very potentially fun offseason could also be a very, very frustrating offseason. So to be determined on that. So from one struggling team to another, we look at, as Sean referred to, and we've referred to a couple times throughout the episode, the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, finally, I shouldn't, well, I shouldn't say it like that, but finally moving on from Paul Christ um, after a shit show on sun, or on Saturday afternoon uh, that I got the joy of taking in. Um, I do got to say, though, I have officially been at the last games of Mike McCarthy and Paul Chris now. Yep, so you are the jinx. I don't think that's a jinx, though. The way I'm looking at it is those two things that I had to sit through and endure as punishment. Oh, you were, you were so punished on Saturday. The game sucked. <laughs> that was... The, the pregame was a blast. The postgame was a blast. The in-game was awful. And I say this, so let's talk X's and O's for a little bit. Um, first, I got to point out, you know, again, just you go down the field and you're, you're quote unquote scripted drive. Gar- or, uh, Graham Mertz was 4-4 and threw for the touchdown. The offense was clicking. After that, nothing. Graham Mertz ended up with two interceptions. I think he ended up being, I think at halftime or just after halftime, he was like five of his next 13. And a lot of it, to be honest with you, in like the stats aren't fair to Graham Mertz um, because he had a lot of drops and one of those drops actually led to directly to an interception. Um, I think he had, he did have one bad interception. Um, so I'd give him, I'd give him like one true one. But a lot of drops and just again uninspired play calling, and okay, no. Why, in your opinion, do you think your first 10, 15 scripted plays? Why do those always work? I understand it's probably because those are the plays that you research, you do all your research on. But then, why can't you recreate that during the game? It doesn't make any sense to me when you when you watch stuff like this. I don't know. I why wouldn't why wouldn't you keep at least doing what you did on that first drive instead of going away from it and not doing shit? I I don't know. I don't know what the logic of that is. I think a lot of it is a lot of times coaching just get too cute. Cuz they try could... to do they try to do too much instead of because you when you set the game plan, you set it for a reason. You set those first 10 for a reason. Exactly. And I think the only thing I can think of is you look at what worked in that first drive versus what didn't. And then you kind of base the rest of your game plan on what worked in that first drive. But that's so flawed. Exactly. Because you see it in, you see it in the NFL, you see it college, you see it. You see it in high school. High school. Yeah. This would be a perfect question for Justin. So we'll have to ask Justin this question next time he comes on. But you focus so much on why it worked, but I honestly... I mean, you can focus on what's happening in film, but and and I can say this after having you know been helping him with the team on 
Friday night, 36-0 win for the Jill Tigers, by the way, on homecoming. Um, but you see this, like, even at the high school level, of in-game, you don't even get keys until, like, the second quarter that you're starting to key on. You can tell your guys to start keying on things that you don't necessarily see on film. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to divulge too much. Um, a, out of being competitive and B, I'm not sure if I actually can or not, but... <laughs> You know, we're being on the sideline against Wasaki. Wasaki's quarterback, he'd come to the line, and he had a, a bad habit of whoever he was going to throw to, he'd come to the line, he'd look left, he'd look right, and then whichever way he was going to go, he'd kind of focus on for a little bit extra. And as soon as the snap came, it went that way. The head stayed that way. So you can kind of start to key on that on the sideline because that's not things you can see easily on film. And, and you can you can see it on in college too, right? I mean, if you if you watch it close enough, you can you can see the keys, you can see everything. And I will give Tony Romo the most credit because he pick. If you watch a game that Tony Romo commentates, it is so much more interesting than a lot of guys because he picks up those keys that we wouldn't notice. And it, yeah, absolutely. And I think the other interesting part about Tony Roman, I think why he's so successful in his role is because he's still relatively fresh from the NFL. Yeah. Whereas a lot of commentators who are doing play by play and whatnot or color commentary, Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman is a prime example of this. They've been out of the league and actually James Lofton in the, in the Packers preseason games. They've been out of the league so long at this point where it's a night and day different league. And, you know, a lot of things don't change. A lot of things are still the same. But a lot of things have changed. And Tony Romo, even since Tony Romo's been done, I'm sure there's things that are kind of being phased out in but, some aspects. But at the same time, you know, he's probably the closest out. I, I think he he goes into those meetings because I know they got to do meetings, whatever, before the games. And he goes in and these the guys will actually talk to him about it because he actually knows what he's talking about where you go with these other guys and they think they know everything and they don't know. And and what makes Tony Romo so good is he's very good at relating, relaying it to. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think the other best person also is at CBS. I think it's Nate Burleson. Mm -hmm. Nate Burleson's incredible at explaining things instead of just kind of, you know, because when you're watching a game, you can, you can either get way too technical. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of guys don't work as commentators because their brain is just so analytical. It's why... You don't necessarily see, like, I mean, you see the Manning cast now and them being goofy and occasionally watching the game. But it's why a lot of quarterbacks don't work out as commentators because they just, they are so ahead of themselves because they're thinking a million miles an hour that they don't know how to explain it. Exactly. Um, but that's why I think those two are so great at what they do. Um, anyway, so back to the Badgers. Um, you know, so being at that game, though, just... The play calling, and again, you know, I'm sure there's reasons they went with what they did. And the Wisconsin way, I don't know if it can't work anymore, but it's not right now. The run, 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 play action pass, run, run, run. The problem is you have defenses, especially against a quarterback that you can kind of, you know, you, you have such basic route patterns that they're not getting too complex on. And I don't know if that's a Graham Mertz limit. I don't think it is, to be honest. I think Graham Mertz has been heavily screwed by Paul Christ. If I, and, and that 
coaching room. Because looking back, I mean, granted, high school football is a totally different level of competition. But Graham Mertz, like when you watched him play in the, like, the All-Star game and stuff, he had that it factor. He, he was able to read defenses and throw the ball around and everything like that. So I just don't think he developed, and I don't think it's because he was limited. Even being at Camp Randall on Saturday, I, he still looks the part. Mm-hmm. And he still, when he can step into a throw and has time to step into a throw and actually read a defense with a decent play call, he looks the part. It's not like an arm strength issue. It's not usually a read issue. I think it's just bad play calling or boring play calling. You you think it's a lack of receivers or anything that way? I think that's a huge part of it, too. And we're going to, that's kind of something I want to talk about with the Packers, too. Mm-hmm. Um, as to maybe why their offense is struggling a little bit more than expected. But I think that's a, a part of it, too. I just don't think they have a whole, I mean, Chimiri DK is pretty good, but they don't have a lot of size. They don't have a lot of guys that are going to be even playing probably even in the XFL. Yeah, because as who, at receiver. Who was really the last good? Quintus Cephas. Danny Davis was okay. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, he was a good go to. He had a great camp with the Packers till he got hurt, but Quintez Cephas, and even he's kind of on the outside looking. Yeah, in. and so where where do you go ap- after? Just say that one as you know, a receiver. You probably yeah. look at Aberderis, who again was a very. But it's not like he was drafted. It's, I believe he was, was drafted. He? I thought he was undrafted. Um, but you look at Jared Aberderis. You look at the only the only one that I that I can think of is Nick Toon. Yeah, Nick Toon, and he that that's, had an okay NFL career. Yeah, the best NFL career Badgers wide receiver. I probably look at Lee Evans. Yeah, and that was I he was, was in college I, yeah. like oh three. Yeah, I forget he was a he was for the Badgers, and he I mean he had a long NFL career, but probably him the best wide receiver that's come out of Wisconsin, other than maybe Nick Toon or Al Toon. Um, so, but we're really not considered a wide receiver school. And you don't have to be. I don't, like, And that's the thing. I think part of that quote-unquote Wisconsin way is you don't have to have Jerry Judy or um, trying to think of Chris Olave. You don't need that to work. But you need a guy who be like a fifth-round, sixth-round wide receiver who can, you know, be enough of a playmaker to not have the defense have nine guys in the box. You need a speedster pretty much is kind of – what I'm, what I'm thinking. You need I th- a speedster, I think, with some size, too, because Jameer DK is small. Dean Ingram is small. Um, I can't think of the guy. He wore number 15. It seems like he's been there for forever. I don't think he's on the team this year anymore, but that small white wide receiver who was, like, five foot five, who was just on slant routes and uh, in routes all the time. Yeah, but I, f- I feel like you can't run those routes all the time with no and that's that's i mean it's that's so much the wisconsin offense is you have a lot of crossing routes which when done with speed and crispness can work you're on like your fourth string tight end i couldn't even tell you the starting tight tight end for the badgers was the other day um it's just it's in braylon allen had a very pedestrian game i believe technically stat wise he only had two yards malusi malusi had a very i mean and Illinois out physical Wisconsin offensive line. And there's no excuse for that other than predictability. Yeah. Exactly. You knew what was coming and and it was just it was a piss poor game on all fronts. And the defense, you know, and 
that smash mouth, you know, run, 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 run works when you have a very stout defense. Wisconsin defense kind of a little bit taking a step back this year. Um, they have playmakers, but not at the same level they probably had the last couple of years. So you kind of you kind of got to be able to adjust to that when your defense can't keep you in games. And even in the first half of Saturday, I believe it goes in a half um, 14-10, I think, one and a half. But you're sitting there, and the only two Illinois touchdowns were because they had the drive extended in short field. If they were able to not extend drives because of penalties or this, that, and the other thing, or miscue, mostly penalties, um, and some of them admittedly were questionable, but there's still penalties that were called. But when you extend drives and that keeps an offense on the field and you're giving them a short field the way it is, whether it be special teams being an issue or the offense has a turnover or whatever, that's going to happen. Um, second half, Illinois comes out. They kick a field goal on their opening possession. You're down 17. Or maybe it was 21-10. Yeah, it was 21-10. So you're down 21-10 and you immediately fumble the kickoff. It bounces off the guy's leg. And then I think they only gave up the field goal at that point but then so you're still down 24 10 and you run 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 i think they th threw on fourth down maybe i can't remember exactly how it broke down but it was just it was so like i just don't like shauna said earlier and i know you know why are you running when you're down 14 why are you running three plays or four plays when you're down 14 because that's all they have right and so that was a big part of it um so they didn't score the whole second half no Wow. Yeah, like I said, Sean, I, I was a, I'm a little bit of a martyr. I took that one. I sat there. We did leave early. You, um, you left early. Everyone left early, Sean. I so Wisconsin games, especially unless it's a close rivalry game, Wisconsin mm -hmm. student section is very notorious for leaving yes. after jump around, um, because they don't serve beer in the or alcohol in the stadium. Right. Um. So that's a very notorious Camp Randall feature. A lot of the student section. Leave. But when you're down, I think I think we left when it finally became 34-10. We stayed for that next offense possession. We're like, yeah, after this, we're out. Because there's there's nothing to inspire any no. shred of hope. The offense looked not there. They came out so flat in the second half. So what's the point, you know? Um But yeah, it was just it was just one of those games where you're just sitting there just shaking your head. You're like, there is no reason for this. And Especially for a team like Illinois, who came into the game seven point dog. Yeah, they were a seven point dog, and but you know we so where we sit, very nice seats. We're on the we're on the opposing sideline, like the ten yard line. Um, so shout out to Sean's Shauna's aunt, um, or her, her aunt, uncle Tim and Diane for getting us the tickets uh, because they are season ticket holders, part of a group of season ticket holders. Um, absolute blast, Camp Randall. It's always fun. Um, great seats i think we're on row 25 so corner of the end zone beautiful seats um but you're sitting there and again it's just so the stadium there was no energy after the first half from the team you know the fans are always wild mm -hmm. but your season ticket holders are fed up you know we sit we walk in and we're on this the illinois sideline or the opposing sideline i should say 
is where all the bowl game, like the championship, Big Ten championships, and where the Rose Bowl, um, not banners, but where the banners would be or the number, like mm-hmm. the Wall of Honor or whatever. You turn around, and I looked at this, and I didn't really realize it was this recent. The Badgers were a Rose Bowl team in 2020. That was the Justin Herbert loss to the Oregon Ducks. Really? But 2020, yeah, the but 2019 what, 2020 season. But didn't they only get in because both Michigan and Ohio's? No. Because Ohio State was in the playoff, though, right. right? Yes, but still. I looked up and I'm like, this was. And I remembered because I forgot that it was the Justin Herbert Oregon mm-hmm, team. And they mm-hmm. took them, I think that was a single possession game. Um, they took them all four quarters, close game. Since then, you've been to the Duke's famous Mayo Bowl, which great Mayo, <laughs> but not a game you want to be playing in. No. And then the Las Vegas Holiday Bowl or the Las Vegas Bowl against Arizona State, which was very pedestrian as well. So the trajectory of the team since that moment has been on such a downward spiral. It's just been infuriating to me, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And it, it it just really put it in perspective because like I'm like okay I know we played in the Cotton Bowl how many years ago I know we played in the Orange Bowl so many years ago I didn't realize the Rose Bowl was that recent right I forgot about that but it was two seasons ago or two plus seasons ago mm-hmm. now so as we've mentioned Jim Leonard defensive coordinator is going to get his shot for the rest of the year as the interim head coach see how it goes I guess um. You know, to be honest, though, and I think this is where maybe college football is a hard. I think he's gonna get the. I think he's gonna be the favorite to get the gig after the season, just for the reason being that's still gonna be the same recruits. Like you're not bringing in free agent. I mean, you mm-hmm. technically could get transfer portal, but it's not like you're gonna have such a high turnover after the season. And I gotta say, I mean, the Wisconsin a lot of the kids were pissed, and like Braylon Allen was very vocal, you know, saying if you're not on team. Coach Chris, like, you're not part of this team, which I was a little surprised. I get, you know, I get, you know, standing up for your coach and mm-hmm. the guy who recruited you, but at the same time, like, I mean, I don't think, I mean, yes, you can look at, you know, the success overall. I think that was a big sticking point as to why I thought the Badgers weren't going to move on until the offseason, if they were. But all in all, I mean, I was very surprised when they made the move. So he struggles the rest of the year, Jim Leonard. Right. They don't, they go, just say they go 500. Because they know they got. They're two and three right now. They got some tough, don't they have tough games coming uh, up? The or? Badgers schedule the rest of the way here. They've got, let me get this pulled up. Um, I believe, I know it's Northwestern this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's Purdue after that. They get Michigan? No, they don't, they shouldn't have Michigan, should they? I don't believe so, but they got Minnesota. Uh, the rest of the way, so they'll have seven games left. You play 12. They've got Northwestern, Michigan State, Purdue, Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota. So he goes three and four in those games, which is very well possible. Right. You're at five and seven. You're probably missing bowl eligibility mm, for the first time in our lifetime, really. Do you think he still gets a job? And that's where I'm saying that's where it's tough because you're sitting there, you're looking at okay, this is you know not necessarily his recruiting. Um, 
I really, I think it's how you interview too. I think it's okay. You know, how does the team respond? How does mm-hmm. the team look? Because it's going to be a lot more than just record. Yeah. Um, you know, Jim Leonard is a very fiery guy and I think that's going to be, that's a big reason why they, I picked them earlier in the show to cover the 10 this weekend. Cause he's, he's a fiery guy. Like I said, he's just, he's passion. He's fire. He's everything Paul Christ wasn't. And then truthfully, cause he's not going to be offensive play calling. You're going to have somebody else calling plays. Um, I think you're probably going to go to, uh, Bobby Ingram, the offensive coordinator calling the shots. So I think they get a little more exotic. They get a little more um, fire to their offense and defense for that matter. So I think if you if you can look good, even if you do go three and four in those games, I think you can make the case to bring him back. But also, like I said, it depends on who else is available. You know, we talked last week about Lance Leopold, mm-hmm. um, who has already been asked if he wants, you know, if it, they can come calling. Well, oh, he, he has been asked already? He has been asked by the media, not oh, by the by, team. Okay. Because um, the team immediately announced that Leonard was going to be the interim coach. Yep. And that's just how college football mm-hmm. is. You don't you know, usually bring somebody in. You're not, yeah, you're not going to bring um, somebody in in the middle of the season. So they asked him if he had any interest. And from the sound of it, he said, no, he wants to you know, keep building. But that's the coach answer. He's not mm-hmm. going to say, oh, hell yeah. You know, because that's going to lose your locker room and you're on a 5-0 and team. Exactly. It's not something you're going to do. Uh, ranked for the first time since, I think, 2008 or 2009, mm-hmm. the Kansas Jayhawks. So props to them. But, um, so yeah, that's it's just, like I said, I, I don't see them. You know, if, if he becomes available or if he decides he's going to interview, then I'm interested. Then I'm curious, okay, what did the administration see from the Jim Leonard offense or Jim Leonard-led team? Versus what could Lance Leopold bring in? Because would you think Jim Leonard would still stay as the DC then? That's another good question. I mean, I'm not sure. I I think, like I said, it, there's so many because I think it just largely depends on how this season goes. Yeah, exactly. I think if he's more comfortable being a DC, because you do see that, and he hmm. loves the the program. Um, you know, he was on record as saying, "I came back to Wisconsin because this is where I want to be, and this is why I haven't left." Hmm. Um. That was the big part. That was the emphasis. This is why I haven't left, because I love Wisconsin. Um, we know he had the opportunity in the Packers. He got that second interview with the Packers defensive coordinator spot, um, where he ultimately turned it down. So I would imagine, if they can find the right fit, which I think Lance Leopold would be that guy. I think Lance Leopold would probably be the only guy, maybe maybe Bill O'Brien, Yeah, if but they'd go that route. I, I don't think he leaves Alabama. I don't he, think so Because you got to figure he he's probably going to be the coach in waiting at Alabama for whenever Nick Saban right. calls it quits. Um, the only other one I can think of would be if it'd be a former teammate. Like I think Chris Peterson has been thrown around the former coach of Washington, who was a, I believe he was a Badger. Mm. Um, let me take a look. I'm just pulling up Jim Leonard's Wikipedia, to see when he was with the team. Um, yeah, because. Jim Leonard got drafted by the Jets. He was undrafted. Oh, he was undrafted, but he played for the Jets. Was very good for the Jets. He was with the Bills for uh, 05 to 07, the Ravens for 08, the Jets for 09 through 11, then the Broncos, then uh, to the Saints as an offseason member, back to the Bills, and then with the Browns to finish. Hmm. Didn't uh, know he played for that many teams. I didn't either. That was very... I thought be... he only played for the Jets. 
I thought he played for the Seahawks at one time in there too. So I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm trying to think of who there was a different Badger safety. Chris Marigos is who I got confused with oh. another Badger safety. Um, so it would, I, you know, truthfully, like I said, it would depend on who they, you know, would bring in. I think he, you know, if it was a different teammate or another Wisconsin guy, maybe. But also it depends. Do you want him back? Because he's been on these coaching staff all these years now, and you've seen very high success with the defense. But which like is, Justin which said, which has been Jim Leonard run, right? But like Justin said last week, do you have you know is he doing the recruiting or you know because we have seen a fall off this year there too. So what's you know where's the you know the fall off there? So really interesting to see how it plays out. Um. That's really, I mean, all the Badgers. I mean, Badger basketball will get underway here. I believe practice is open. Not a whole lot to kind of go with from there. Chuck Hepburn was at the game on Saturday and, and mm, on the field nice. for the kind of sp- the spotlights. Uh, I think usually they have most, uh, they have at least one shadow from each team. So Chuck Hepburn was there promoting the Bruce City battle coming up at AmFam Field oh, in Milwaukee. Um, when is it? November 15th, I think. I don't want to be quoted on that, but I think it's around that. Some yeah, somewhere around there. It's right. I think it's right before deer season. And with that, we'll stay in the game of football. I know we already did our picks for the Packers, uh, Giants coming up this week, but kind of look at the Packers Patriots game. Packers do win the game, did not cover the ten point spread, which I think all of us except Sean and maybe Justin predicted. Or did you pick Packers in that one? No, I, mean, I think I picked the Patriots to cover that. I don't remember. I think so, but I'm, don't quote me on it. Regardless, though, I mean, a game that was... A game that shouldn't have been as close as it was. But, you know, at the same time, I, I know I tweeted this, and this is, I think I talked to you about this. So, everyone and their brother all fired up on social media about, oh, a third-string quarterback's tearing the Packers apart. Well, you don't game plan for that. You don't game plan for that, but I think the biggest thing, and Mason actually kind of pointed this out in, in the four plays of Sprangs. You can check those out, Facebook, Instagram, and Wisconsin, Root for Wisconsin TikTok promo. Um, but you can check that out there. He talks about how crossing routes have killed the Packers this season, and, and they'd kind of gotten better. You know, he talks about how it had been the Minnesota game and now the Patriot game. But what I, I can't remember if he says this or not, but if he didn't, I'm going to. A very big part of this Sunday was that you lost Adrian Amos to concussion. Mm-hmm. And obviously you're going to have some talent fall off with Rudy Ford back there. Rudy Ford, very great special teamer. Is he a rookie this? No, rookie? he's an experienced guy. Oh, he's experienced? Um, yeah. Rudy Ford, very experienced. You know, I believe he started, I think, two or three games for the Jags before coming here. Mm. Been in the league for a few years. Um, but what you have with Rudy Ford on top of the talent difference, and then that's not even where I'm going with this because you're going to have that naturally is you lose the communication between the fact that you're also not having Jair Alexander out there. So you've had this team, you know, this unit mesh together and, and Keyshawn Nixon did a great job filling in last week and even, you know, pretty good job this last week too. But when you have, when you're trying to put parts in and you're playing a lot of zone defense, I think the big thing is either, an area where guys are communicating or they don't necessarily even have to necessarily communicate or they communicate one way with Amos and Savage as a cross, you know, the guy crosses the field. Okay. Here's your zone. Okay. Here's where I'm picking up. 
and you kind of lose that with it's, somebody else coming in. It's that muscle memory. It's the oh. muscle memory, and it's just the, the fact that you know that Amos has, you know, more speed to kind of cover here. You know that Savage has speed to cover here, if even if he gets burnt, um, which really has been, you know, they've been pretty good. But on top of that, you also just lose that synergy of, okay, you know, now you're looking at Jair was out Sunday. So you have Keyshawn Nixon playing more in that slot role. You have Rasul Douglas and Stokes on the outside. Now you bring in another new element who wasn't necessarily in game planning with Rudy Ford. So you've got Savage, Nixon, who are probably used to playing with, you know, or not Savage, uh, Nixon and Ford, who are probably used to second team reps. And okay, are we are they not necessarily picking up on spots where they should cover, or are other guys trying to do too much because you know is is um Stokes or Rasul Douglas playing too long on a cover because they don't believe in Rudy Ford or they don't just have that communication with Rudy Ford. Not saying that they don't I shouldn't say that they don't believe in him, but that they just don't have that same synergy. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, when he gets to this hash or when he gets to this spot, that's your pass off. So I, I feel like that was a bigger factor in that. I think th- when you lose that key position, then you factor in the back the the backups backup getting in and all bets are kind of off at that point anyway Mm -hmm. so which bailey zappy was he was predicted or he was a very good quarterback in college right i mean he set a lot of records yeah i believe he was an fcs guy if i'm not mistaken was it an fcs guy i don't remember where he went but he was a set a lot of records very good quarterback western kentucky also, oh, so if it was FCS, it was a, you know, it was either a very small FBS. It's a very small FBS, I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, Conference USA, you're right. But, and he also went to Houston Baptist for a minute, too. Yep. But Western Kentucky uh, with the Hilltoppers. So, yep, in the FBS. So, any, but anyway, very good there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kind of one of those guys, just the game translated to them. And you kind of lose that pickup. So I think that was a big part of it. Um, I'm still very uncomfortable with seeing how much the defense has been torn apart on the run at times. Yes. And Mason kind of points this out of, you know, guys not filling in or maybe even overrunning. And really up front, I don't think there's an excuse for that. I just think that they got outdone. And that once Hoyer went down... New England became a very one-dimensional team, and they just outdimensioned them. Mm-hmm. Um, and credit to the Patriots' offense for that. I mean, that just happens. They've always had a good offensive line, though. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you got Bill Belichick that's been doing it for sixty years now. Right. Literally sixty. I think yeah, he has I, sixty years of NFL I think experience. It's if it if not, it's somewhere very close to that. Because um, did, did you see the? Um, the highlight of his dad running the kickback and or the punt back in the nineteen was it fifty seven? I did not. That was shown during the game. Yeah, so Bill Belichick has been coaching in the NFL since nineteen seventy five. Well, so so, so forty eight years. Forty forty seven years. Yeah, forty seven years. So might as well be sixty though. I mean, especially as a as a head coach for a lot of that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, I don't, I don't make too much of the loss. Yeah. It was frustrating. It was, 
it was as a fan you're sitting there like how the hell is this happening mm-hmm. why is this game so close uh the offense you know for the first time all season the third quarter offense actually showed up um but the first half was very slow yep and you know there's a is that you know just again the perceived lack of talent is that perce is that a matter of um just not quite being on the same page with guys who are still kind of learning the system um we saw lazard fall and led to the pick six um and just a, a great jump by a db mm-hmm. um and i th- i think new england got a lot of pressure on aaron Rodgers and just made him threw the timing off on a lot of things. Sure. And Matt, Matthew Judon just kind of took over the game for, I would say, a quarter. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it gave New England that spark that they needed. And and that leads me to my next point. So Elton Jenkins, very talented offensive lineman. Um, he kind of got handed. And granted, Matthew Judon is a stud. Mm-hmm. It's not taking away from Elton Jenkins in that capacity. Um, but there are talks of kind of moving... Now that Bakhtiari is considered probably close to fully healthy, maybe after one game. I thought he looked. I thought Bakhtiari looked very good. Oh, I did too. I you, was very. You, did, you didn't hear much from him, which is always good when you're an offensive lineman. Absolutely. Except for the one, I think he had a holding call. Yeah. But I think that was it. He looked healthy. I think he only got subbed out. I think one series, mm-hmm. maybe two. Um, I would maybe kind of stick with that for London just because of the travel. Yeah. But coming into week six, you know, I'd potentially look at moving Yash Nijman to right tackle, moving Elton Jenkins back inside. Yep, I, I agree with you. On that. And I think the, there's I've seen reports that is potentially what the team's looking at doing. Um, so that's a big, I mean, that's a big takeaway from that game is, you know, Bakhtiari looks good. Elton Jenkins looked okay. Um, you know, obviously there's there's work to be done there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, he Which, didn't have a perfect game. He, he's still coming back from a very big injury, too. Right. So he might not have all of his rust off yet, too, but he got he got bullied a, a lot more than he should have. Right. And, and in fairness, like I said, Matthew Judon played one hell of a game. Mm. And the guy is a bona fide stud. And I, I feel like they could have chipped up with the tight ends a few times. And sure. And just kind of knocked Mercedes Lewis wasn't there long enough. No. And you didn't really notice it, but when you did, that's when the offense really kind of got mm-hmm. rolling in that that latter part of the game um, is when they started kind of chipping with Mercedes Lewis. So all in all, I mean, like, you know, did I, did I love every moment of watching this Sunday? No. Do I still have a lot of question marks on where this team is going? Yes. But was it the panic that I saw a lot of Packer fans? Absolutely not. And I think, I think this week, I think, you know, do I think they cover the eight? Maybe not. That's just such a big point spread. Can I see them winning by double digits? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But so, they, they got to just deal with Saquon. That's going to be their biggest. They can't stop their run. Right. But offensively, I've seen a lot of positives. I've seen Christian Watson kind of integrating his way in. I've seen Romeo Dobbs kind of becoming into his own, even though he had the drop. Um in the end zone, that would have put the game away. That would have been huge. That was a very big play. Um, Tunyon kind of getting back to full speed. He catches that touchdown over the middle. That was one of our four plays of springs. If you know, if you haven't checked that out, go check that out. Mason's breakdown is incredible on that play. 
And then from there, the other aspect just offensively is Randall Cobb's found kind of a niche of of being that veteran guy. Alan Lazard's been great, especially late in games when when called on to be that veteran, get the first down, you know, get, you know, you need seven, let's get nine. Let's get eight. Um, something he's done very well throughout his career, and I think he's going to continue doing. And really, you know, that, like I said, I feel pretty comfortable with this team. I don't, I don't love, you know, I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, you know, today, of course, Aaron Rodgers making headlines, but talking about how much he'd love to play with Odell and how much, you know, Odell was talking about how he'd love to play in Green Bay and how really they were the finalist besides the Rams last season. Um, I feel like he would hate playing in Green Bay, but that's my own one. Why do you think? I'm curious. Like, I'm just curious as to why you think that. Is it the cold? Or is it just the that there's nothing to do? There's nothing to do. Going from going from New York to LA, you had Cleveland. Yeah, I was too. gonna say there was Cleveland in there too. Let's let's not. But I mean, and then going to Green Bay, I feel like it's not where he would want to be. His personality is so much that LA, New York, that I feel like Green Bay wouldn't be it for him. Well, counter to that, though, if, you know, because really for the first time after the, you know, he moves on from Cleveland last offseason, or last midseason, goes to LA, and really was pretty quiet. Like, you weren't seeing, you know, the New York Odell Beckham, where he was, you know, I was just mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I was thinking of the boat picture. The boat picture, him hitting a field goal net and it coming back and hitting him. Right. You didn't see that in LA. So for argument's sake, if he's talking about possibly getting back to another Super Bowl and actually playing in the full game, which not his fault, mm-hmm. but playing in the full game, getting back to that Super Bowl and focusing all on football for from now or November to February. For three months, I think you can take not being in the limelight and partying for three months or whatever, being in the big city, if that means you get to play with Aaron Rodgers and potentially be that that piece. Because I think Green Bay, if you add in a piece, if you see what Odell did in the first half of that Super Bowl and what he really did for the Rams late in the year last year, if he could get capture that and get that same type of spark... And Aaron Rodgers kind of has that quote-unquote go-to talent that I don't necessarily think is on this team right now because Alan Lazard, very talented, is the go-to guy. Randall Cobb is the other kind of go-to security blanket. But I don't think it's a stretch to say Odell's probably more talented than both of them right now at their point, this point in their careers, assuming he comes off the injury very you know close to what he was late last season. So I don't think that's a stretch. My issue with the whole thing is everything with Rodgers is timing, timing, timing. And you know it takes time to get that down. Sure. And are you going to have enough time to get to get that cohesiveness between them two? That's, that's a very fair um, sentiment. You know, I really, I think it would depend on when he comes back. Exactly. If and- you could add him in early to mid-November. Because when's the bye week? The bye week's week 13. That's in December. 
Well, that's okay. So you, or week you, four, yeah, week thirteen. So they have the last. They have week fourteen. They'll be back to play actually against then, the Rams. Is there a specific amount of games you have to play to be playoff eligible? I don't believe so. Unless, like, if you were on IR or anything that way. Yeah, I'm not. But I technically, don't he's so. not on IR. I don't believe so. Right now, being a free agent, right? That would make sense. Right. So um, I don't. I don't believe that's the case. I'm. I'll Google it just to. Um, take a look. I think maybe it just depends on how you're added to the team, but if he's a f- true free agent, which he is, um, I don't think it should matter. I don't think it would either, but so if you added him the week, couple weeks before the bye week, he gets those two, three weeks to get acclimated. He's got the bye week. You have him for four games and then the playoffs. If for some reason they or if they make the playoffs, we're not saying that hundred percent. Minnesota looks pretty good for division wise. Yeah, nothing that I see that indicates that there's a minimum, so Okay. But yeah, I, I mean I I'd feel very comfortable, I think, that they could work that out. Plus, you know, you this connection that, you know, if Rogers wants a guy in, I think with a guy that talented and a guy that talented at quarterback being Aaron Rodgers. I don't, you know, I think that you can work on that. And, and truthfully, we don't really know if they've done anything in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that they have at least the last couple of years because Rodgers really doesn't throw a whole lot in the yeah, offseason. Yeah, like he doesn't do anything in the offseason. Um, but at the same time, I mean, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe he works with other guys who are there. And Odell's had, you know, he's got time to watch film. He can see these breakdowns. And for that matter, so does Aaron Rodgers, where he's probably seen this guy play and can say, okay, you know, I know with a guy with this speed and this talent, if he's, you know, going to come into the system. I mean, like I said, it, it works so well with the Rams coming into that same type of offense that McVay runs. Same. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same principles, I should say. Not everything's the same. A lot of the same offensive principles. I think I'd be pretty confident if it were to occur. Again, nothing's happened yet. It's all based on speculation. But I think the puzzle pieces are there for it to potentially happen. Yes. I'd be very okay with it. And I'd love to see him in 17. And that'd be funny. No, that's Pat O'Donnell. No, he's 16 or 17. 16. So I think that'd be kind of funny. Because mm-hmm. obviously he's not going to take 13. Nope. Wouldn't be able to take nine. Three? Three's retired. Oh, that's right. Who's three? Canada. Okay. okay. So. Eleven. I think 11 would be open i'm just trying to think two two's taken and two's one's per- retired four's retired five is unofficially retired six is six is taken by down levitt seven's quay walker eight is amari rogers nine's christian watson ten jordan love i think your first number available is 11 so maybe 11 12 is obviously Aaron Rodgers, 13, Alan Lazard, 14 is retired, 15 is retired, 16 is Pat O'Donnell, 17 should be open, 18 is Cobb, 19 would potentially be open because that's not EQ anymore. So yeah. that'd be what you'd be looking at. Could be Samari Torres got 83. 84 is Tyler Davis, 81 might be open. Nope, DeGuara. Onions 87. 
Tenyon's 85. Oh, 85. Romeo Dobbs is 87. Yep. Um, 89's Mercedes Lewis. She'd have 88. 88. Is Juwan Winfrey still on the active roster? I thought he was 83. No, that's Samari Tori. I don't know. So, number talk. Awesome content. <laughs> My guess would be 11. Probably. Or 17. I think 17 would be 11. Person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be what I'd probably be looking at. But anyway, so kind of looking ahead to this week, um, main concern, as we mentioned, Saquon Barkley. I'm not worried about Danny Dimes lighting you up. No. I'm not worried about Kenny Galladay lighting you up. Although potentially, you know, you got to play him pretty serious. He's a very talented player at the same time, but Danny Dimes kind of sucks. Calling a spade a spade. And Packers will struggle against the run. So if you can stop Saquon, I think, you know, you put up. Who did the Giants play this week? They played, and I believe they played and beat the Bears. Was it the Bears? Oh, yes. It's right. Because, yeah, Danny Dimes ran for two touchdowns. and Yeah. But nothing, nothing that concerns me other than if Saquon can get loose a little bit. I think he's the, probably the second best running back they've played in the early part of the season. Second? Well, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I'd put him over Dalvin. Really? Yeah. I'd put Saquon over Dalvin. Interesting. And Very the, easily, actually. And the Giants' defense doesn't scare me. No. So, do they cover the eight? Uh, maybe. I, I, I wouldn't bet on it. I'd stay away from this game betting. You think so? I, I wouldn't touch this game. That eight is such a big spread. And... Really taking a look at live odds from Oneida Casino. I'm just taking a look. I can't actually bet on it from here because I'm not at the airport or the casino. What's the over under? Um, it's a good question, my friend. I'd say probably 39. That'd be close. 39.40, something like that. Great content. Week five right now. games. The Packers over under 41 and a half. Mm. And that's at minus 110. The spread it being only or being at eight points is only minus 110, no matter which way you go. If you were really feeling bull, the Giants money line pick would get you plus 300. So there's nothing in this game that I'd personally want to touch. I don't feel comfortable with the over-under because I could realistically see this being like a 21-10, yep. 21-17 type game. Yeah, but 21-10, they cover. They would. <laughs> but I still don't feel comfortable about that. No. Because I'd, I'd, I'd probably say it would probably be a 21-17 type game, or 21-14 or something like that, 24-17. I think it's I think it's that kind of game. I also feel like this could be a breakout game, too, for the offense. It could be. If I hope it is. I really do. Because I think they need it. Because they're going into who they play. The Jets are the following oh, week. Oh, I thought the Bills were next week. Okay, never mind. So you'd hope one of those two is. Mm-hmm. If not both. Yes. But I think the Jets could be a trap game next week, too. For sure. Coming it's... back from coming back from London and needing to, you know, short week... For sure, because you've got a six-hour time difference plus the flight. Yep. Because when are they leaving on the flight today? They are leaving, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they're leaving Thursday. Oh, they leave that late, that late in the week. 
Right. Because hmm. um, that was potentially for my other uh, audio-related gig. Um, there is still the the player show. I believe it's the Kenny Clark show at Grim Distillery this week, 6 p.m. Wednesday night. Be there or listen to it on 107.5 with Rookie. I'll be in studio. Check it out. Um, <laughs> promo, Sean. Promo. Um, it's a free... It's a free promo. Yeah, I work for them. It's allowed <laughs> to be. They pay me. <laughs> um, anyway, watch media productions. Uh, but so I believe the tentative plan is Thursday. Is that they're leaving? I'd be led to believe it's probably Thursday afternoon or morning. I would have figured they would have left earlier than that. See, I think that I'm kind of surprised they're not leaving like Wednesday. But, I mean, at that point, if you're going to leave Thursday morning... I thought they would have left today. Really? I really did. Because then you get acclimated, you get acclimated to the field, you get... Because I, I know the field's going to be different. Because... My only concern would be, though, is do you have access to practice there? I would think, why not? True. I don't know what's going on in the soccer world. I guess I don't know if their seasons are going on. I guess maybe not with the, the soccer Lombardi coming up. The World Cup and the soccer Lombardi. <laughs> the World Cup coming up so soon. Maybe not. Maybe they aren't uh, having a Premier League and stuff like that right now. But or just League, just whatever. getting acclimated to the time difference and yeah, that's that's six hours. I mean, is it granted, six or is it eight? It's six. Is it six. Uh, granted, you are playing eight thirty here local time, so you're playing four thirty. No. Two thirty. Two thirty. Thank you. Uh, you're playing two thirty local or local time, which truthfully you're pretty accustomed to right now. That's been all three of their four games have been three twenty five kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in that capacity, maybe that's kind of the why you're not leaving today or Wednesday, because other than the six hours, like of hey, you know, you're used to waking up at this time. Do you think that's Thursday? You kind of do the change. Friday, you probably are feeling it Mm -hmm. and that's like your true you know jet lag day or adjustment day and that's walkthrough day anyway so you get as much in as you can before you leave maybe do a thursday morning film of some sort and practice and then leave after that that we can capitalize on thursday i think it's i'm guessing it's a six hour flight too Uh, yeah i'd say all that um so you're basically 14 hours difference. So by the time you actually land and get acclimated, depending on when you leave Wednesday, let's just say yeah, you leave so, at, so that puts them at almost... That puts them... Let's just say conservatively they leave at noon. 8 p.m. That's 2 a.m. They'd probably land. Yeah, so that's Friday. They would get there, wouldn't they? Well, and that's, that's kind of what I'm saying here, is if you leave at like noon or 1 or 2, right? You figure it's a six-hour flight, I think. I'm not... 100% on that but it, that sounds about right to me six or even if it's an eight hour flight that's you get you'd get there at 8 p.m which would be 2 a.m so you're already tired so you go to bed and that gets you to friday morning i think that's maybe the best way to go about it almost 10 hours oh shit so maybe you leave at like 10 <laughs> So you leave at like 10, you get there at like 8 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, 
that that's kind of the route that I would go mm-hmm. with it. And then from there, you have Friday to kind of recover. Saturday is a true another walkthrough, quote unquote, day of, you know, kind of maybe get an, an extra practice in because you have a walkthrough Friday or, you know, virtual, whatever. And then Sunday, you're playing at two o'clock like you usually would or mm-hmm. three o'clock like you usually would. So I think there's a logic to it. I, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I'm not going to pretend and sit here like I know. I'm sure I'm sure that it's been run through by other teams yeah. and by by trainers and math nerds and yeah, doctors and probably a lawyer or two just cuz <laughs> I don't know. My my biggest thing is with if the NFL wants these London games, they've been pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Why wouldn't they want the teams there to showcase a little bit more? I mean, I know you got a few few weeks here in a row you got london games but just to put on a little bit of show because you know the packers travel well all right a lot better than a lot of teams and the packers are international exactly they're they're such a safe thing that i feel like it maybe not matter in that capacity and then you pick a new york team i think i think from that aspect it kind of makes sense because isn't the whole point of these london games now that they want to have a just see like a marquee matchup like a packers bills yes. or something they want something big like that or they or isn't the grand scheme to get a team in london of some i i know i don't like it either but or some something like the nfl in london nfl like nfl, NFL europe, europe used to be i the only counter to that i would say that at this point the nfl is so established having gone to, to london and all these other European games that they've been doing, I think at this point it doesn't necessarily matter. I think getting the Packers finally over there, being the last team to actually go across the pond. Oh, are they the last team? Yeah. And because really, I mean, they've been doing this since, what, 2009, 2010? So that's That's almost 12 years now, if not more, that you've been doing these London games. Yeah. So I think maybe initially... That was a bigger factor. I don't know. That's just the way that I feel is just to get a little more exposure. 2007 is when it was technically founded. So I'm trying to... The NFL International Series, they call it, um, has been going on from 2007. So that's even longer. That's 15 years. Mm -hmm. So in that capacity, like I said, I don't necessarily think it... You need to have that allure anymore. Um, cause you've had, well, I guess they really haven't, you know, kind of looking at it, they really haven't had a whole lot of, it's been Giants, Dolphins, Saints, or Chargers, Saints, Patriots, A lot of, lot Bucks. of Jaguars. Um, God, I, honestly, kind of just preliminary looking at this and I'd have to look at, you know, 2013 was the Steelers and Vikings, but I don't remember exactly who was even on those teams. You'd figure it'd be Big Ben and Christian Ponder. No. Uh, they had two Pro Bowlers. They had Cordero Patterson, Adrian Peterson. Uh, starting oh. quarterback at that time was, oh, God. Matt Castle, Josh Freeman, or Christian oh, Ponder. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so the Vikings did so win that right game. With Christian Ponder. The Vikings did win that game, uh, by the way. Matt Asiata, well, that, Toby Gerhardt, Greg that, Jennings. Um, Peterson's MVP year, though? Maybe. Maybe. I know he was very good. Then. Very good those three years, whatever. 
But uh, was... they went five, ten, and one. So I'm not. I don't think so. Yeah, probably. They not. didn't win their first game in American soil until week ten. That's what the Wikipedia <laughs> page says. Because they won in uh, in London. Forty mm-hmm. ers uh, Jags, Dolphins, Raiders, Lions, Falcons, Cowboys, Jags, Jets, Dolphins, Bills, Jags, Lions, Chiefs. Colts, Jags, Giants, Rams. That maybe didn't suck. 2016, that probably sucked. Uh, Washington, Cincinnati, Ravens, Jags, Saints, Dolphins. Dolphins have been to London a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of Jags. Um, 2018, Seattle, Oakland. That was 27-3. Maybe that game. Bears, Raiders, Eagles, Jags, Titans, Chargers. Not a whole lot of good games going no, on here, Sean. Doesn't, doesn't sound like very many good games at all. Um, a lot of lots of bad teams going to London. Lots of, I mean, you get probably like one good team in there. You know, you get like a good bad, but at the same time, you've got also got to realize those good teams because you're playing this like a year out. Mm-hmm. They're not going to want to give up a home game. Exactly. That's why Green Bay didn't go for so long until they actually built in the extra mm-hmm. home game. Um. And a lot of teams, you know, because that, you know, Green Bay's played a first place or second place schedule a lot of these years. Green Bay's coming to town. You're not going to want to give up that road game either or that home game for the other team. Because they travel so well. Right. And I I think this year would have been the perfect time to, you know, go that extra couple days. See what would happen with a team. Because all the teams you really mentioned don't travel very well. Maybe besides the Chiefs. Steelers and maybe the Raiders too, just in general. Steelers travel well, but you didn't say you didn't say them maybe once or twice. Where you were saying a lot of Dolphins, a lot of Jags. Yeah, I mean, Lions don't travel that well. The Bears don't really travel that well. The Bucks don't travel for shit. Exactly. So, um, the Raiders, like I said, probably the best traveling team is probably the Raiders. mm Hmm. And they've been there a handful they, of times. Yeah, and they haven't been relevant for how long? What do you mean? They were the offseason champions, Sean. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, not a, maybe then not all know the Niners don't travel well either. Saints fans, maybe, back in 08. I don't know. No, I still, I still don't. But think. you know what the other thing is, Sean? I don't think it matters. Like, looking at the attendance of these games... It's never the lowest, and I think that's just the stadium limits. That's when they've had games at Tottenham Hotspur, and that's 60,000. Every other game, you know, once at Wembley, it's 85,000 plus or 84,000 plus. Because are Packers at Wembley, or are they at. Uh, they Tot- are at. Hotspur. Uh, they're at Hotspur, too. Tottenham had Hotspur, um, which is the sixth, third largest football stadium in England, largest club at ground. In London, seating capacity is 62,850, which I'm sure is going to be damn near, if not mm-hmm. at capacity. Uh, the record attendance for a Hotspur game has been 60,027, and the largest for an NFL game was 60,784, 60, which was last season's Dolphins-Jags game. Yeah, I feel like it could very well get broken. Oh, I, I, I feel like it's gonna it's going to. Um, I feel like they might even break the the Hotspur mm-hmm. record. Um, so, all in all, I'm excited to watch some Sunday morning football yep. and actually be the team that's in it. I'm not thrilled about having to get up so early to actually watch the game, but 
at the same time, like, think about but, how stress-free Sunday afternoon is going to be. Like, all you're going to do is sit there and watch fantasy football and see if your team's doing okay. You can watch the games if you choose to or not. But mm-hmm. I think Shauna is already planning on uh, apple picking. Nice. I get. I went to the pumpkin patches last weekend. So nice. So I think I think that's already in our docket, um, which leads us to Sean, our dive bar of the week, and I'm gonna let you pick this one. Okay. Um. So I'll talk for a little bit while your wheels turn. Nope, so I, I got it already. If oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. I, I was thinking about this when you mentioned um getting up for the game because um we're we'll go McGuire's and Lena. Okay. Because they are actually having a breakfast buffet. Oh, hell yeah. At 8.30 in the morning for the Packer game. Hell yeah. And they're having drink specials and everything I've seen on their um, Facebook page. And earlier this year, we went on a brewer bus. Me and your brother went on a brewer bus. Yeah, thanks for the invite, by the way. Yeah, hey, you were you were at a new <laughs> job. You were working, so. I am just giving shit. And with all the magnets, which is always fun. Yeah, let me. So, McGuire's and Lena. McGuire's Sports Bar. Yep. Uh. Four and a half stars on Google, 186 reviews. Sean, what would you rate it? Just I don't know. Oh, I'd, I'd rate it five stars. Five stars? All I right. really would. They have very good breakfast, very good breakfast foods. Um, the steaks are good on Saturday nights. So 211 South Rosera Road in yep. Lena, Wisconsin. Um, let's go this review. Oh, shit, where and, go? and during deer season, they have a pizza buffet on Monday nights. Oh, hell yeah. For... 10 bucks, it's all you can eat pizza, and they bring old pizzas. Just keep, they got, I think, six different ones out so at a time. Jim, Jim Burgraff, a year ago, local guide, 480 reviews, give it five stars. Uh, a year ago, highly recommend that you stop in. We stopped by to try the Sunday night roasted chicken, and we were happy we did. The plate was enormous, and we had enough leftovers to feel us for a couple more delicious meals. To say the least, this is probably the most affordable place we've been to in years, and to top it off, we want a drawing for a free drink. They do the drawing every 20 minutes. Staff was amazing. Very personal, quick-witted, very refreshing. Yep. We'll be recommending McGuire's to all of our friends. Give them a try. You'll be glad you did. And that's a pretty... They got a lot of pictures there, too. So if you're a picture person. <laughs> uh, great food, great service, good prices. My pancake covered my entire plate. Light like I want it, not heavy. Uh, another one. Great food, great prices, great service. Their chicken dumpling soup. Is great, and their $5 breakfast special is great as well. I enjoy sitting at the counter for breakfast and talking with the friendly staff. Been going here for years. Never had a bad experience with the food. Another five-star. Uh, going to try to pull up their, see if they got their drink specials online as well. Uh, I don't know if they actually have drink specials. They usually just got in-house specials if you go there. So yeah. let's see. McGuire's. Is this the Lena one? Yes, it is. So looking at... Their Facebook post looks like they're opening the bar at 7 a.m. So if you want to be there, Sean will be there signing autographs. Sean's Um, Sean's not going to be there at 7. Have drinking food specials for the game. Grab your friends. Come on in. Enjoy a Packers win. And who knows what we'll do when the game is over with some shishing emojis. Mm I feel like they're going to have a good spread out. They always do. It was very fun on the Brewer bus when we went. We stopped in. um, Where's Sam Decker from? Sheboygan. No. Yes. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Further south than that. Um, Port Washington. Okay. We stopped at the park in Port Washington, and um, they had set out a spread for us: subs, sandwiches, nice. sub sandwiches, chips, and all you can drink. They're back. Very good bartenders on the bus. They they know how to do it. So 
So that's McGuire's in Lena. Five stars from Sean. Four and a half stars from Google. Got to check it out. Mm -hmm. I personally have not been there. The one time we were going to go there, um, it was packed to the walls at the party. So we didn't oh, have going. Yep, that's right. I remember but that. Next time I'm North, Sean, we'll head yep, there. We'll have to go there. Uh, which leads me to what I was going to talk about in my little bit of an interim. Um, this weekend, also something Sean and I will be uh, attending is Craftoberfest at the Rush Center in Green Bay. Or the Rush, Rush Complex in Green Bay. Rush Expo. Yes, the Rush Expo. Um, the Rush Entertainment Complex. They'll have all their beer vendors. And uh, Sean got the tickets on the radio. Uh, $45 yeah. value tickets. It's expensive. And all you can drink beer from 3 to 6 or 2 to 6. I am looking forward because it's not just beer. It's wine, uh, bourbon, whiskey. Um, it's a little bit of everything, I think. A little bit of everything. I looked, I looked into trucks. getting tickets. I am going to have a blast. Yeah, it's going to be very fun. So very much looking forward to that. And... Kind of with that, I think that might be my root for this week, aside from the sports side, um, is just kind of looking forward to, to Craftoberfest uh, at the Rush and spending some time with Shauna's brother-in-law and her sister, uh, Sabrina and Ben, coming to town. Uh, great weekend of football. Hopefully the Badgers can right the ship this weekend. And now that the root for Wisconsin League, I'm, I got my one win so far. Looking to keep that momentum going. And I actually went 3-0 and in fantasy football this weekend. So yeah, I went 2-2. Two and two. Football. Kind of turning around for yours truly. Uh, also, shout out Justin's not here, but shout out to the Jill boys again. Like I said earlier in the episode, thirty-six zero win game that very could have drastically gone a lot different. Um, after the Jill had scored, it was eight nothing. Lena or Wasaki went the length of the field, goal line stand with about four and a half minutes left in the first half. Uh, Jill stops them from scoring, goes the length of the field, scores twenty-nine seconds left to half to, or in the half. Gets an interception so they don't score again. And then uh, stopped Wasaki on their first drive of the second half. Scored again. It was 21 or 22 to nothing. And from then it was just kind of bleed the clock and end the game and put more two more touchdowns on two point conversion. Uh, 36 0 win for Joe. I believe they're playing Lena this week. I'm not 100% sure on that. So Justin probably going to have his hands full. That's a very powerful team in the. Mm -hmm. Peninsula Conference now for the eight-man conference. At Lena or in I Jillette? believe it should be in Lena. Let me just double-check on that. But that's my route for, uh, like I said, Craftoberfest, football, fancy football, waking up early, get some pancakes and some football. <laughs> what are you rooting for this week? Uh, I'm rooting for this cold weather that's finally coming. Coming what you, along. What are you talking about? It's been like 75 degrees tomorrow. It's supposed to be 40 degrees Friday. I know. I'm, just... I'm looking so forward to that. Yeah, here in, in De Pere, Wisconsin, tomorrow 72, uh, or today 72 high, 70 degrees Wednesday, high of 59 on Thursday, high of 50 on Friday, and then very much 60s and 50s. Yeah, I, I like winter. I really do. You are a sick bastard. I know, I know, I know. I don't, I don't hate winter. Right? But I want to go snowmobiling this year a little more than <laughs> I have, so All right. I'm looking forward to that. Well, for Sean, for Shauna, Secretary Shauna, who got engaged this weekend, and Justin and Ramsey, who aren't here, and Carolyn stopped in, too, so I'll mm -hmm. give her the credit here, too. This is the Rupert Scott Show, episode 90. We're in the books. See ya. Bye.